Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, today's session is being interpreted into Spanish. Uh, Sam or Alejandro, would you please introduce yourself and let our viewers know how to enable translation on their devices? Yes, thank yes. you very much. My name is Alejandro Arrieta. I am one of two interpreters for today, along with my colleague, Sam. Thank you for your patience as I provide these instructions in Spanish. Hola a todos, mi nombre es Alejandro Arrieta, soy uno de dos intérpretes, estoy con mi colega Sam, y gracias por tenernos aquí. El día de hoy vamos a estar interpretando toda la reunión al español y del español al inglés. Si usted prefiere escuchar en español, después de, este, de estas instrucciones, vamos a aprender la interpretación y verá un icono terráqueo en la parte inferior a mano derecha en su pantalla. Cuando aparezca, asegúrese de seleccionarlo para escoger el español como su idioma preferido. Si ha ingresado a la reunión usando un dispositivo móvil, como una tableta o un celular, podrá ver eh, la opción de la interpretación en el menú con los tres puntitos que dice más. De todos modos, puede seleccionar el español y poner el audio original en silencio. Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. Thank you, Alejandro. Welcome to the general public comment session of Monday, October 23rd. Uh, before convening, reconvening our regular meeting, Council provides a half-hour general public comment session to hear from the public on city matters, except for one scheduled for a legally required public hearing. To maximize time for resident comment, Council will not offer comments or responses. Council or staff may contact speakers following their comment if they raise matters that lend themselves to follow-up. For those participating in person, when called upon, please come to the podium. On the monitor on the wall, you'll see the time counting down. For those participating virtually when called upon, please wait until our meeting host promotes you to speaker. When you are promoted, please accept the promotion, turn on your camera if you have one and your microphone. All speakers should begin their remarks by telling council your name and you'll have three minutes to speak. Please refrain from profane or obscene speech, direct your comments to council as a whole and refrain from individual or personal attacks, including disparaging other speakers motives. Um, before we begin, I'll mention we do have a uh, required public hearing on the budget for 2024. So if you were planning to comment during this session about the budget, I would encourage you just to pop next door and add your name to the uh, comment list for the budget um, so that we make sure that we get you in there. Uh, we will start with Karen Adkins in Chambers. Come on up, Karen. Good afternoon. Thank you for being here. My name is Karen. I keep speaking and I'm, my voice is not being heard. Government is required by law to listen. I keep jumping through hoops. When is it my turn? When is it my turn? Tomorrow I'm supposed to go to the VA. I cannot go to the VA to get benefits. I don't have a stable address. I am in so much trouble. I can't get the food stamps. Nobody is listening. I am battling an insurance company. They are the defendant. I am the plaintiff. And they made a joke out of my service to this country, serving in the United States Navy. No one will listen, but I bet you'll listen to the insurance company, Liberty Mutual. When is it my turn? I cannot get 
and income because I have medical issues. My situation is so bad, I have to have surgery just so I can wear clothes. I cannot wear shoes. Can you imagine being a female and cannot wear clothes? I freeze to death. I'm having issues because the more I stand, the more I walk. The more I wind up in the hospital. I don't deserve this. I am in dire need. But I was on the phone with host in front of me. And one of my friends walked up. She's with Fox News. And she's a journalist. And we were talking with host. And whenever he wants to be mean to me, he shows up by himself. I find that very intimidating as a female. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. You cannot enjoy anything. If I get a job working like I promised the candidates, like I spoke with in person Mayor Johnston, I want to be part of the solution. I ask, I beg, I plead as a United States Navy female disabled veteran in exchange for me helping out, maybe answer the phone, my motel expense, because host is stressing me out. They don't have the right to do that. That's not in their job description, but they want to send me to the VA, and they want me to sign away my rights and say that I do drugs and alcohol and cigarettes that I don't want to buy or pay for my own my my own uh, expenses. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. That's your time. Thank you for being here. Our they're in that alley, or they're going to be problems. Our next speaker is Claire Sonier. Hello, my name is Claire Sonier. I have proudly lived, voted, and paid taxes in Denver for almost 12 years so far. I signed up to talk about access to water, which is one of our most basic human needs, and one that's easy to take for granted. And as we know, water is life. Every per person on Earth deserves the water they need to live from Denver to Flint, Michigan to Palestine. As we speak, Israel, with the unconditional support of the US from our local elected re representatives to our state representatives to our governor to the president has cut off all water access to 2.3 million people living in Gaza, an area about the size of Denver. They've also cut off food, electricity, and access to medical care completely. Half of the besieged civilians living in Gaza are children due to the ongoing ethnic cleansing project that began over 75 years ago. In Denver, by contrast, less than 20% of the population are children, and almost all of us have access to water. Israel is waging a genocide against Palestinians. Over 4,000 have died so far in the unprecedented bombing over the last two weeks, and over 1,400 of them were children so far. Our country, our state, and our city are complicit as our leaders now decide whether to send an additional $11 billion in military funding to Israel, on top of the $3.3 billion the US already sends each year. 
That's over 76 half and sorry, that's over 76 and a half million from Coloradans, which is 11 and a half million from Denverites last year alone. So Israel's genocide is a local issue. Palestine and its people need water, food, and medicine, and they need our solidarity. We should be spending our tax dollars on humanitarian aid to Gaza, not more bombs. I'd like to invite you all to join me in a moment of silence for all of the 2.3 million Gazans without access to water or the other basic needs many of us hold and take for granted. It is past time for us as Denverites of conscience and empathy to stand with our Palestinian, Arab, and Muslim siblings here and around the world as we demand a ceasefire, an end to the US military and financial aid to Israel, and an end to Israel's apartheid, settler colonial occupation. Free Palestine, thank you. Thank you very much. Our next speaker is Cesar Pulido. Is Cesar on Zoom? No, I'm here, man. Oh, there you are. Hello, how are you doing today? My name is Cesar Pulido. I'm the founder of the Give Back. I'm an organization looking to be a nonprofit eventually, if so. For the last eight, nine months, I've been up front in the building every Monday, cutting the homeless for probably like eight, nine months, and been partnering up with people from the city, the Inglewood, even all over Denver, um, houses, homes that have mental health, cleaning, for clean, people to get clean. and. Like I said, I've been doing it for a while now and I have my own space and I actually do the hygiene and all this other stuff and have partnered up with other kinds of people that are not here today and would like to work with every single one of y'all. It's something I brought to the mayor plenty of times with me and my partners and he wasn't willing to. So we're going to break down and speak to all you consummates to eventually, hopefully, work with every single one of y'all individually and every single one of y'all communities as like I have been to bring everything from services to how to get help to cleaning, which I say is the biggest thing for the homelessness. Now, the biggest problem is drugs. So for us to partners to have the access to get them cleaning and for me to get them haircuts and everything else they might need and the cleanliness to even housing eventually, I like to present myself to y'all in person and my name and the give back was my organization is to hopefully work with every single one of y'all and every single, district you guys are in so thank you for that thank you so much our next speaker is keevan perkins hi i'm here to ask that you support the resolution in opposition to the jewish national fund coming to denver next month the jnf calls itself the jewish national fund when really they are the israeli national fund and despite what Zionist lobbyists would have you believe, Israel does not re represent Judaism. It represents settler colonialism. We must signify our city's unwillingness to host settler colonial organizations, and the JNF is integral to the settler colonialism that Palestinians are subjected to every day. The JNF engages in what is called greenwashing. Greenwashing, for those here who do not know, is when a body, be it state, NGO, or company, 
pretends to promote environmental policies while engaging, in fact, in harmful behaviors. Their website calls on you to help plant trees or donate to services in Israeli settlements, specifically along the West Bank, in the West Bank, and along the border of Gaza Strip. Let it be clear that all this is meant to do is funnel money to strengthen settlements that arose from displacement of indigenous Palestinians to strengthen the Israeli, Israeli state's ability to keep Palestinians forcibly evicted from their homes and their ecological programs often just plant invasive species and remove native ones, degrading the environment, not benefiting it. Hence the term greenwashing. They are pretending to be environmentally conscious when they are not. And I know that we've all seen over the past few weeks the news that has been coming from that part of the world. Many people choose to focus first on the fact that Hamas attacked a music festival and the kibbutzim that were along the Gaza Strip. And they use that as a reason to disavow any mention of what's happening to Palestinians now as re retribution for that act. That is farcical behavior, quite frankly, to condemn the killing of one group of people, but then when an even larger mass murder happens in response to that as collective punishment against innocent Palestinians. And so I hope it, these points make it clear that what the JNF is doing here in Denver next month is not being a cultural event for Jewish Denverites, but a celebration of murder, displacement, and poverty while the Israeli state is committing mass murder in Gaza and intensifying its forced eviction of Palestinians in the West Bank. We as Denverites cannot support this, and we must voice our opposition to the presence of colonizers in our city. I'm going to wait the next 35 seconds out as a moment of silence out of respect for all the lives that have been lost and lives that are currently being terrorized by the Israeli violence. Thank you very much. Our next speaker is Jennifer Burbank. Thank you for your time. Um, I'm here because I am in a peculiar situation. I am a uh, living, walking representative of the Denver homeless. Um, is residing in one of your shelters run by a private organization and um, also funded by HUD um, and such, you know, organizations as Medicaid and things like these. Um, I am legally disabled. I have been waiting on a disability decision since March 2020 for a breast cancer diagnosis. I was made uh, homeless by no fault of my own and then the pandemic hit. So I was transferred to the Coalition for the Homeless uh, Protective Action site. And then from there, I was pursued by, a, uh, by the Volunteers of America to come live at their facility as a transitional program. Um, I have been presented in the last two years that I have been there, I have not been afforded the same uh, services as other residents. Um, I have had to make numerous um, their housing appeals. I have had to get numerous doctor's notes um, for things that I know as a former risk manager, 
are blatantly, you know, not uh, allowed. Things such as, you know, revealing my disability status, things along these lines. Um, uh, telling me I'm required to see their counselor. I'm not allowed to contact uh, emergency services. I um, am, I'm not like allowed their help. Um, and so now we're at a crossroads where they have asked to discharge me. Since they are some sort of loophole in the HUD system, there's no lease, so I'm not being evicted. There is no formal hearing process for me except for their particular appeal system, which also includes a member of the event that led to them asking me to be discharged. I am unclear because I have contacted um, numerous organizations who they get their funding from and see whether or not they are being you know, held to their standards as well. I know of uh, branches of this organization that have been sued for for instance, getting uh, donations from the VOA and not, or I'm sorry, from Veterans Administration and not, you know, uh, ad administering it appropriately to the residents' needs. Um, things are not being done legitimately. And at, as of next Wednesday, I will be street homeless. I have an ESA, which is my cat. I have no family members. I have no support system. I have no money. I have nowhere to go. I am, I am first or second on the waiting list for a residence by the Coalition for the Homeless. I am trying to transition into this new housing. I am not being afforded, again, the same rights as other residents have been because I am in a biased and a hostile environment. Thank so you I'm, for being here. Okay. Thank you so much. That's Thank your time. Um, our next speaker is Destiny Olson. Is Destiny on Zoom? Yes. Go ahead, Destiny. Hi, my name is Destiny, and I want to share what is a very sad and tragic story in hopes of this type of tragedy never occurring again for any person living homeless or their families. My father lived in chronic homelessness, mostly in Denver, after being criminalized out of Inglewood. His name is Steve Olson and he was more commonly known as Cowboy to his friends. He was constantly swept from place to place in Southwest Denver, always told to move along and that he was not welcome wherever he was. My father couldn't have been a better neighbor to those who labeled him as unwelcome in our society. He was a very kind and cooperative man, always trying to find ways to help be a part of a neighbor, neighborly society. Long painful story short, my dad is no longer with us. He passed away suddenly and unexpectedly in a motel room at 58th and I-25 in Adams County back in June. He was placed here by your program in Denver. You stuffed him away after not being able to connect him to any type of housing through the Aloft Motel. I realized there were other service providers involved. However, no one had any checks and balances in place to simply ensure he was safe and alive. My dad was found dead in his room after two days and only because his neighbors in the motel were complaining of the smell. This is still devastating and heart-wrenching to realize that my dad had a better support system of friends out on the street that likely would have been there to help. This is truly just wrong. To make matters worse, 
to this day, I still have no logical answers from Adams County Coroner or Sheriff's Office. Instead, I have been met with silence, attitude, and being perceived as an inconvenience to deal with. I suppose it has something to do with the common theme of he was just a man living homeless, nobody cares, and we can brush his death under the rug. The amount of hate bestowed upon those who live homeless is broadly astoundingly sad and disappointing. None of this has anything to do with this supposed, supposed civilized society we live in. I would implore you to do better, Denver, with your hundreds of millions of dollars earmarked to end homelessness. The outcome for my father was unacceptable. I do not want anyone else having to deal with this amount of grief and de devastation. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Our next speaker in chambers is Chris Rollerson. Good evening, Council President and the rest of you. Um, and I don't all know all of your names yet because some of you are so new. Uh, my name is Chris Rollerson and I'm representing the out-of-school time providers here in Denver. And really to this whole week is lights on after school week. So we're just like really highlighting that and wanting to thank you guys for your support of all of us that are providing those vital services. I know today you guys have a budget conversation happening and that's not what right now is, but just as you're, um, going through this um, year and in your selections, I'm just asking you guys to just remember the kids that do need a safe place to go after school. For some of them, we are the only place for them so their parents can hold down sustainable jobs. So just wanted to come out here and say, hey, I'm the face behind an organization. I'm celebrating my 25th year serving in the Sun Valley community, um, running after school programming and out of school time. So just thank you to all of you and, and hopefully you guys enjoy the rest of your celebration that's coming your way this evening. So thank you. Thank you very much. Um, our next speaker is Ashley Garrett. Um, let's see. So I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out what it is that our world really, really truly needs. And to be honest, it's our system. There's no amount of money that is going to solve homelessness because it is that fact that money is what keeps people homeless or the lack of money. Um, yeah, our system really needs to change. Like we really need to focus on our government and how they need to have one priority. And that is to make sure that our system can serve the people and the land properly. Um, we can't. If you wanted to listen to God about the whole entire wars, all of them, God told me the only weapon that we are allowed to use is a spear and a shield. Why are we still bombing parts of this planet that's causing a ripple effect? Did we not just pay attention on the news about the 20,000 people's lives that we just lost due to the earthquake and the, uh, the flood alone? And now we're gonna have some more bombings going off or for whatever reason. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't really want to know. I just want it to stop. God needs it to stop. And the only way that's going to happen is if we can find the common ground, which is this planet that carries us all. And we need to care for it a little bit more and each person. I just want to say I'm sorry to the people that have been so devoted to working and bringing life to their families and, and just worked 
have turned out the way that it is because it's just, it's not what it should be. And people should be having more in their life because it's the top dogs that I'm talking to right now that really need to show the support because I know nobody wants to have anybody in their home, but I'm going to tell you when I had my camper, I didn't know everybody's names that was coming in there, but if it was snowing and it was cold, I let them come in. And I'm, I'm not asking people to do that, but I am asking for people, if you have, you know, people like our landlords right now, like we could be putting our money to fixing our, our properties, our land, our sidewalks, rather than having to have our mayor and our city pull out all of the money that they can to put up new places, which we already know how people treat the, the uh, transitional houses. It's not very good. They're, people don't care about it because it's just temporary. So they're just waiting for their next move. And we need something permanent because that's what's keeping people so, I don't know, disrespectful or lost. I'm like, there's a lot of those kids. There's a lot of those kids that was on the street that was coming into my camper that didn't want to go to the urban peak shelter. And actually my camper burned down right after I found this location. I actually tried reaching out to mayor Hancock before he was um, done with being a mayor. <laughs> um, and I told him 1536 South Tacoma street, that is an inactive church. It's, I used to go there and write and charge my phone. And then one day something just told me to go look through the window. And it's a little bit bigger than what our mayor wants is wanting to provide for the homeless it's it's got a bathroom it's got a little kitchenette and it's super small like i said it's just a little bit bigger but thank you so much that's your time um we've got a lot more folks than room in this building so we're opening up overflow in room 432 um, but if folks can find a seat somewhere there's still some room in the front row up here there's some room on this side of the building here just so we can make sure to keep keep that back uh, way clear for um, access. Thank you so much. Our next speaker is Robert Bailey. Me here today. I would like to talk about a business meeting uh, from Wednesday, October 11th, approximately two weeks ago. Mike Nakornketz, the chief financial officer for that airport, Mike Nakornketz, he shows up to this chamber to refinance $800 million in old debt from 2012 and 2013. The largest airport facility in the United States of America opened in 1995, 28 years ago, and they do not have $800 million to pay off old debt. Somehow they managed to have more than $500 million per year to give to Chase Bank and all the other banks money from the people, but they do not have $800 million to pay off old debt. Mike, I would say that you are incompetent, but you are not incompetent. You are very competent at what you want to do. This is the problem. What you want to do, we call this financialism. Financialism is the pursuit of more finance, always looking for another layer of finance, another layer of leech. Mike loves financialism. Mike has no fight for the people's money. We call this treason, Mike, treason. I would normally call Mike's behavior not smart, but it's not not smart. Smart or not smart would be based on my idea that the financial employees for this city, that they would focus on what's best for the citizens of this city, 
Mike, I read your resume. I see that in the past you worked for United Airlines. Mike, you no longer work for United Airlines. You now work for the people. Mike, you should figure this out. The sooner, the better. And when you do figure this out, you will charge United Airlines and all the other airlines at that airport a lot more money so that we can get out of debt. United Airlines has 46% of the traffic at that airport. We, the city of Denver, we have too many eggs in one basket. There are two ways to deal with this problem, give in and give up, to just continue to cheat the citizens of Denver and Metro Denver, or we do what's right for the citizens and we address the Wall Street corporations at that airport and we fight for every single penny. Not smart is not the best way to describe Mike's behavior. Behavior Immoral and wrong because it is selfish and self-serving at the expense of the citizens of Denver and Metro Denver. This would be the very best way to describe Mike's behavior. Mike, you're all about resume building and racking up ever larger financial scores, scores of debt. I am tired of seeing employees of this city working to build their resumes so that they can go make more money somewhere else. Is Denver, Colorado just a stepping stone for these employees to step on? Mike, I would further describe your behavior as negligent, bordering on theft and fraudulent activity. City of Denver, if you think that this financialism is good for the city, you may want to look around. The homeless encampment, encampments are just the tip of the iceberg and most of the iceberg is underwater. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we'll be able to squeeze in one more speaker before um, the end. We will go on, on Zoom to Brandy Majors. I'm sorry, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Uh, can you hear me? All right, great. I'm gonna be very quick. I'm trying to talk fast. Um, rest in peace, cowboy. Uh, it's very, very, very disheartening to know that um, that, that, was, that was my brother. He not only moved me, uh, he, he built tents for me, he helped me on and off the street like for five years consecutively. It is almost, it is almost, take it off me, it is almost, um, a very, very serious tragedy that happened that we're just barely hearing about over here five months later. That's a mention. Isn't the ALOC the same place where all the men were protesting about how they couldn't go to work and school and maintain because nobody gave them notice? They had to move out. They just had to move out, right? And it's another thing is that when somebody dies in their hotel room, they have to be there for two days and not be found. That's ridiculous. And you're right. He did have more brothers and sisters and friends outside in the street. They would have never let that happen. So rest in peace to my brother. You know, uh, five years consecutively, I know him well. Um, now I'm gonna be really brief. I'm gonna get, I'm just gonna try to give you the, the business real quick. Um, all right, check it out. Uh, <clears throat> let me see. A major purge needs to happen from whole star housing stability, public health. All of you need to be fired. Ten people up above you, ten people below need to be fired immediately. Um, a lot of the, a lot of these people come from the old administration. They need to be fired. They're not doing a service. In fact, they're just doing a lot of uh, passing, passing the buck, okay, to the next person with a flyer. They're not even helping the people. The double tree proposal, um, I think everybody should vote no. One is incredibly expensive, 83000 a month for a master lease from November 1st to January 31st of 2025 sounds shady shady practices that are ongoing two planning on housing a thousand people in new tiny homes in a location is a quick move to take the heat and pressure off of 
his uh, 1,000 house uh, by January thing. Okay, that's not that's not freeing any. Um, it's not helping anything. It's not fixing anything. It's it's burdening um, the area with more people, pacifying your paymasters. It is, uh, it's, it's um, I can't read. <laughs> and let me see. Um, this is really not helping. Basically, okay, this is just just like a band aid. Um, I'm glad that the sleeping units were postponed. Um, that kind of that's another thing. It's just you're just oh, it's temporary. It's temporary, and it's very temporary. It's like 30 to 90 days, and then you kick these people back out in the street. It's not leading to permanency. And how are you going to house um, a thousand people to the point where we got almost 13,000 new migrants? They factor into the unhoused population. The hole he's digging for the city is ridiculous. Thank you. Yes, Randy. I understand. Thank you. We can do better. Thank you very much. That concludes general public comment session. Our next will be next Monday, October 30th. Sign up begins at 11 a.m. on Friday, October 27th, and we look forward to hearing folks again. Thank you for attending, and we will uh, immediately start the Denver City Council meeting. Council will now reconvene from our earlier session.